welcome everybody to Subscription E-Commerce Live. Uh, my name is Seth Morris. I'm part of the marketing team for ARPU. Um, stepping in for Ashley this week uh, as she is on vacation. Um, so I'll be hosting and, uh, and asking the questions for people that got those questions and all of that. So yes, welcome to Subscription E-Commerce Live. This is brought to you by ARPU. Uh, we like to think of this as the meeting that you're excited to go to. Uh, so this is meant to be a place for um, subscription e-commerce sellers to come together and talk about strategy, retention, customer experience, and more, uh, and just have a, a good discussion revolving around that. Um, so just a few things to get out of the way before we get to today's speaker. Um, if you'd like to catch the replay of today's session or previous sessions that we've had, uh, you can do that at liveseries.getarpu.com, and I'm dropping a link to that in the chat right now for people here who are here with us. Um, and this is also recorded. Uh, so we push this out to YouTube and different podcast platforms. Um, so if you have a question that you want to come on, we would love for people to ask questions throughout the call today. Um, if you have a question, but you don't want to be included in the recording afterward, that's totally fine. Just let me know and I can edit that out before we get it posted. Um, so without further ado, uh, today we have uh, Niccolo Glazzo, um, Director of E-Commerce at Kettle and Fire and the founder of Cubrico. So Nick, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about what you do. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me, first of all, Seth. And uh, yeah, excited to be here. Currently, um, since um, a few months, uh, I am, I'm actually Director of E-Commerce for Kettle and Fire. I joined Kettle and Fire almost, I think, two years and a half ago, and then uh, grow it. Without, within the company, starting from uh, zero conversion rate optimization up until uh, now, basically. And uh, yes, then um, within uh, the ecosystem of Kettle and Fire, I'm managing the uh, partially the DTC side of the business and uh, also the Amazon part of the business, also including retail advertisement right now, which is pretty popular and specifically in a food and beverage industry is really crushing it. And then on the side, as we all know, we all have to hustle a little bit. So I have Kubrico, which is a small Italian agency, let's say, focused within Shopify ecosystem, email marketing, and growth for Italians and European slash some Americans brand to make them growth within the DTC ecosystem. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, thank you for, for that rundown. Um, so I know uh, today kind of the, um, the, the main topic of today is critical metrics um, and how to influence them. Um, so let's just hit uh, dive right in um, and uh, let's start with um, subscriptions and, and when to use a subscription uh, and the insight you have around that. Yeah, sure. So uh, as a Starting really basic, of course, you should be using a subscription anytime you kind of have a replenishment product. I saw some businesses still that maybe do not have a subscription because maybe they think it's really hard to implement. Uh, but if you have a sub, uh, replenishment product, which could be anything from, you know, food, uh, um, drinks, uh, or even, you know, the, the creams, uh, the beauty, anything related with that can be sold as a subscription. So you can implement a subscription program. Right now, especially if you are on, uh, you know, Shopify with recharge, it's super, super simple to implement a subscription. Uh, but still, something to take into consideration when you kind of implement a subscription program is that uh, yes, it's easy, but at the same time, it involves maybe you know customer support, different apps, 
having a customer um, a customer portal which could be customized like we have in Kettle and Fire or super basic like the one that Recharge is providing. So yes, there's a lot of things to keep in the back of your mind when you actually implement a subscription program. So yes, it's easy, but at the same time, you know, you need some tech and some skilled people involved to make it run uh, nicely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for someone who is considering uh, starting a subscription side of their business, um, but is maybe a little bit worried to do that because of the complexities involved, as you just mentioned a second ago, um, do you have any advice for maybe ways to simplify those complexities or even uh, kind of the benefit of adding a subscription to it that makes those complexities worth it? Yeah, so overall, we all know kind of that a subscription business when you, even if you're thinking to sell it one day, is, valuable, is much more valuable than a normal one-time business overall. Then second, it's, uh, if you implement a subscription business, it's just you know, a lot of money recurrently that you are generating from customers. And if you have a good product, of course, need to be a good product, but that the customer you're seeing that have you know, a kind of high retention rate, so that maybe they purchase your product once a month or once every two months. Yes, there are customers that maybe come back organically, but overall it's much easier to just implement a subscription and let them opt in for a subscription offer. That, with that being said, what I think is that with Recharge right now, especially when they unify the checkout with Shopify, it's really kind of one click to get the subscription implemented. It's just a matter of adjusting a little bit the front end to make it fit and or adjusting the back end just to make sure that everything runs smoothly. But overall, it's really one click. Depends if your site is super heavily customized in the front end, then you might need support from a developer developer but otherwise it's really kind of one click implementation right now absolutely yeah um so yeah let's let's hop into um the core metrics uh you know from from your point of view what are those core metrics yes yeah, so on a subscription business especially in the cpg space the core metrics the first core metric we should be looking at is like uh, there are four basically so number of subscription opt-in then the churn rate uh, the reactivation, then uh, I call them together kind of downgrade or upgrade. So starting with like a subscription opt-in, for example, which is the core North Star metric, which is basically, okay, how many customers out of, a, I don't know, a thousand orders that you get today, how many, what's the percentage of customers that actually are in a subscription or that they opt-in for a subscription offer? And something that I think is super important is, okay, to make this percentage always higher, or at least make sure that within your site, you highlight the benefit of a subscription as much as possible. So something that, uh, for example, we at Kettle and Fire really have, and I think we are really strong at, is that we try to remind you about the subscription option in every stage of the funnel. Simply, for example, uh, if we look at even at the card slider, or when you add to the cart, a pro so starting when you add to the cart a product, we remind you, hey, do you want to switch into a subscription? Could be, you know, you could uh, pressure on the benefit of saving money or other type of benefit that you have when you sign up for a subscription. So we try to remind you, hey, do you want to sign up for a subscription instead? Or if you say no, then at the cart, in the cart before the checkout, I'm going to show you like a little checkbox saying, hey, do you want to switch it to a subscription again? Are you sure? So all of those little steps really help to kind of boost this number. And so the number of actually users that opt in for a subscription overall. 
So that's really core and that's an important kind of part to implement on your site, site-wide when you think about implementing and maximizing number of subscription opt-ins. Another one is, I don't know if other brands really work with the specific funnels, for example, landing page made with Unbounce, and then you redirect the user to the checkout directly. But if that's the case, something that is important is always include your subscription offer there as well. So some customer might opt in for a one-time purchase, maybe 95%, but still maybe a 5% of those customers will choose instead the uh, subscribe and save offer. So those are kind of really two core, I think, um, things to keep in mind when you actually implement your subscription on your site and maximize opt-in rate. And then uh, something else actually that, we've seen pretty good success, but it's a bit difficult to implement in the backend is a prepaid offer. I really like the prepaid option, which is something like uh, you prepaid maybe three months in advance, but you get your box delivered every month. In this way, because what we notice is that sometimes uh, on the third month threshold is when maybe the majority of customer drop off within a specific cohort. So by implement, or I think was maybe the second month, but anyway, when you implement like a three or a six month, whatever it's possible to do for your business, uh, prepaid version, that really something that kind of boosts uh, in that moment, AOV, and also you kind of help keep the customer for at least three months. So that's, I'm a big fan of this option. The downside is that Currently with recharge, it's a bit tricky to kind of, if a customer after the second month, it's gonna maybe reach out and say, hey, can I have this instead of that one? Okay, in that case, still customer support might need to do some magic in the backend in order to make that happen. But if that wasn't the case, and if you just wanna maybe, you know, MVP that or just test it out, I think it's a great way to kind of, uh, yeah, make the user to stick at least for three months, especially if maybe you are selling only one flavor or only one product so that the customer doesn't have, you know, the possibility to switch flavor, which is where the issue comes in. So in that case, yes, sure, why not? I would say let's go and implement the prepaid option. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to your first point that you made uh, about leveraging the benefits of uh, a subscription. Um, so you mentioned that uh, just maybe saving money um, if someone signed up for a subscription, are there any other benefits that you see are uh, great benefits to leverage for a subscription service outside of just the saving money? So I think the most of the people always going to opt in for, you know, saving money. But uh, I think that's, um, I, I, we shouldn't look at that on a bad way, because actually, if you want the product every month, I think, you know, it's a great, okay, I'm going to save money because I, I want anyway the product every month. But other than that, I think there's a other benefit that you can leverage on. For example, you could maybe, you know, even from a point standpoint, if you have a loyalty system, you can maybe reward more customers that are on a subscriptions, or you can reward them with specific, uh, uh, I don't know, free product every three months or uh, any kind of gadget that you want to, uh, you know, give to your best kind of customer or subscribers early access to new product is also another benefit that I saw before, but overall really comes down to kind of getting the customer within the habits. Um, we tested uh, kind of a personal shopper experience, uh, try to kind of give a customer a more, you know, direct uh, relationship uh, kind of thing via uh, SMS. Uh, it works so and so, to be honest, 
but you know it really comes down to find and i don't have here you know uh, the silver bullet but really comes down to kind of find the best way that you can reward those subscribers in order to keep them loyal for i don't know six months or 12 months or more there's maybe some company that organize i don't know like factory tours or uh, really depends from the business about what you could leverage within your business to add to this you know subscription package to make that really uh, really cool yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so are, are those the, the core metrics? Um, did you have any more that, sh that you wanted to touch on? So uh, first one is opt-in rate, right? We said a subscription opt-in rate, then the churn rate. So the churn is basically the number of customers that actually drop, cancel their subscription. And uh, in order to prevent that, there are you know different ways. And I think the main one is kind of making the cancellation funnel really uh, appealing to don't cancel, of course and uh, make it improve that over time so you should always be looking at you know your churn rate metrics and how does that compare with the, i don't know the average industry and if your churn rate is pretty high then you know try to improve that uh, uh, to make it uh, make it as low as possible something that we saw pretty good uh, in terms of um, you know pretty good numbers from is First of all, like testing, uh, we are right now testing retention engine, which is a nice tool uh, that improves the uh, cancellation flow. And what I mean by that is as soon as you log in into the customer portal and maybe you try to cancel your subscription, uh, instead of saying simply, okay, your subscription got canceled, we send you through a series of steps and based on your answer, maybe, I don't know, maybe you want to cancel because you have too much product. That's a common answer, right? So instead of saying, okay, instead of, canceling why not just skipping one week or skipping two weeks mm -hmm. in that way you really kind of retain the customer right because once a customer cancels, it's really really hard to make them come back and start again the subscriptions and um, so that's one one point so making this customer cancellation flow really really smooth and nice i think it's important and also because a lot of customers some First, you also get a lot of quality feedback, right? So you really know why your customers are canceling the subscription. So you can maybe iterate your product and make it better. And then another really something that we saw that is happening is that some customer just cancel because, and you don't know, I mean, you don't know, you didn't know that before is that they cancel because maybe they have the credit card expired. And tools like ProfitWell or Churnbusters really help here because they kind of, you know, if the credit card expired or I don't know, they whatever happened to their credit card, they kind of send a, a sequence of emails reminding them, hey, your card is expiring in, I don't know, one month, remember to update your card. And when you have a small business, yeah, you don't really kind of look at that that much. But when you start to have a big business, the number of actually of uh, is called delinquent churn you get is really, really a lot. And if you can recover even half of that, it's always, you know, good money that you bring in the company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do have a question from JD. Uh, I'll go ahead and ask it for him. He, he didn't uh, expressly say he wanted to come on and ask it himself. Uh, so he said, uh, question, merchants have so many opportunities to engage with customers via email to increase lifetime value or promotions. How do we decide which touch points are essential and which emails we should not send to keep customers from getting too many emails? Um, so that's a good question. I think, uh, so on top of that, I would say you should always do SMS actually. 
so you increase the touch point in that case and they have much you know higher open rate than emails but it really comes down to kind of your type of business i think how much aggressive you want you want to go maybe on subscribers you don't want to be that aggressive right so within platforms like Clavio, you can split between, you know, someone that is a subscriber and someone that is not. So just as an example to a subscriber, so someone that is already, you know, on a subscription, you maybe don't want to send them the offer of the month because otherwise the risk could be that they cancel their subscription in order to get that option. So instead, maybe you want to target them with a specific offer only once a month. Meanwhile, people that are not subscribers yet, that's when you want to go more aggressive and uh, maybe stay, stay with, I don't know, one or two emails per week in order to get them to make their first purchase. And after that, make them subscriber and, and become a loyal customers. So overall, I'd say it really depends on the industry and the type of company that you are. There are companies that are really, really aggressive and they send, you know, emails even once a week, uh, sorry, once a day, every day for like five days a week. And other companies that maybe send, I don't know, two or three emails per week. So it really, really depends. There's no really a hard rule here, but I think it's important to just get that tested. And when you test that with Clay, you, you can analyze maybe segment and see, okay, this segment is actually, I don't know, we have a higher unsubscribe rate than we should maybe slow down in terms of number of emails. You, you check all of the emails in order to understand the metrics in that case. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, with churn, um, you're testing out uh, this um, flow of uh, when someone wants to cancel, you kind of ask them a few different questions and they might just uh, lower their subscription or something along those lines. Um, how do you balance that with uh, not making that flow uh, difficult to the point of irritation from the customer side? Um, I've seen a few different uh, businesses have uh, a cancel flow with the subscription products that when you're going through it, you know, that, that you've, you're, you've been asked so many questions and so many different spots that you're just to the point of, I want to give up on all of it, just get me away from here. Uh, and instead yeah. of possibly getting to the point of, um, if it had been maybe fewer questions, I maybe will have just lowered it to maybe just once a week or something along those lines. Yeah, so uh, the flow, uh, like, is going to pop up only when you try to cancel your subscription from the portal. But overall, we, I think we stop at uh, two questions. So nothing more than that. But I think what's really key is kind of make it funnel. We have an incredible team that actually manage their kind of um, life cycle of our customers and the retention part as well. Uh, so they came up with a great, like uh, funny, I'd say, you know, a step-by-step -step, uh, funnel where Yes, you just have to pick an answer or add your own answer, but then the steps, I think, uh, add some sort of humor in between that doesn't make, make you feel like annoyed to cancel, you know? And other than that, I also agree with you that I saw some cancellation that were really hard to make, but I think in our case, it's really kind of simple. It's just a two step. So you first add your main reason why you wanna cancel, then we're gonna show you maybe an offer if you still say no, then okay, uh, that's it. So it's actually kind of one step. So I think that that's a, a, an important point, kind of make it slow, make it just you know one or two steps, but not like something like five steps. Someone that I think does this pretty pretty kind of well, but even if is it a little bit in a sneaky way, is Amazon. I remember when you try to cancel your maybe Prime, uh, uh, probably your Prime membership, or even uh, the uh, yeah. 
the Kindle membership or something, they kind of, uh, you know, show up a pop-up saying, are you sure you want to give up on all of those money that you saved in the past year, you know? So they uh, use a lot of, pers- you know, um, kind of copy that uh, want to make you think about, oh, shit, I, so- I saved so much money last year. I'm not sure if I want to cancel or not. So those kind of, uh, you know, micro copy, uh, UX, UI editing is something that are a bit sneaky, but I, I personally would do it probably anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what is your opinion on um, delaying orders and, and how that plays into metrics you're tracking? Um, do you on your end uh, track any sort of uh, order delays or um, are you focusing uh, mostly on those churn numbers and then trying to save them at that point? Yeah, so from um, depends, so depends how big is the company overall, I think. But in general, I guess, uh, like, uh, if you are, you know, a middle-sized company, churn and subscription opt-in should be always kind of your core metrics and then look into delays, potentially. We tried uh, delay or skip. So, and I think, uh, to be honest, I don't remember right now by the top of my head, but I think delays uh, performs better than skips simply because you delay about one week or delay about two weeks instead of skip, which is actually you skip a full month, right? Uh, So that's something that every company, I guess, should test anyway in order to get a sense about, okay, what's the um, average monthly order volume that we are processing every month, you know? And then you're going to do a test where, I don't know, at the beginning of the month, you turn on uh, the skip option instead of the um, delay option, see how that cohort is going to perform, and then you're going to test the next month the opposite way. So, but in terms of metrics, I would say more it's about churn and subscription opt-in and then reactivation as well. Definitely, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's hop into, um, you know, reactivation. Um, so, ha- have you seen a lot of uh, reactivation come from that, um, you know, maybe from the, the, the churn flow that you were talking about or um, what's your experience with that? So, yes. So, from uh, uh, the churn flow specifically when it comes to... Um, so that's not really counted as reactivation. Right. Once a, a user actually um, is trying to churn and then we kind of save them, is not doesn't count within the reactivation, but that doesn't just count as a you know active actually subscribers because it didn't churn yet. Same happened for the uh, when we use like tool like Churnbuster, which recover before your credit card expire. Reactivation are actually customers that maybe cancel. So they are inactive, not subscribers anymore. But maybe after a month or two, they reactivate their subscription, which is they could go via the customer portal. So they could log in and simply reactivate their subscription. Or what we are trying to do is reach out via emails. And I think we also tested maybe direct email, but uh, it's something that you should check with the team about this one. Um, but email for sure. So where you know, we simply send an email that, okay, your your subscription expired. Um, so a month ago, I don't know, do you want to reactiv- reactivate your subscription with a specific offer? An offer that we've seen being pretty su- successful, I would say something like uh, you can offer, for example, $5 off for four times. So you can frame it in a way, get $20 off. But then, of course, you need to specify that those $20 are across like four reactive for um, subscription. 
so for you know uh, shipment basically and that's reactivation usually reactivation is very small number it's really hard to make a customer come back after they cancel because first uh, email open rate is around uh, i don't know if you are lucky 40% maybe or 30% so you always miss a big portion of your customers and then make them click and reactivate is even longer I know that there are you know, different tools that allow you even to send a one-click reactivation link. That's really, really helpful because the customer, all he has to do is just click on the, no, okay, I didn't want to cancel and reactivate. I think it happens also from a SaaS standpoint, this experience to me once, which was like, you know, I canceled the subscription and then they straight away send me an email to reactivate the subscription because maybe they said, maybe you did it by mistake. And I bet that there is a certain percentage of user that actually reactivates a straight away their subscription because maybe they say, oh, okay, maybe, maybe not, you know, maybe I didn't want to do that. Right. Um, referring back to uh, JD's question about making sure that you're not emailing um, people too many times. Uh, what is the standard flow that you have for uh, kind of that reactivation campaign? Um, so after someone cancels, uh, and you possibly send them an email later about potentially reactivating. Um, do you send one, two emails? Do you give it a week? What's it like? Uh, I think it's a series of like four emails, if I'm not wrong, and where we send the first one, I think exactly on day zero, which is as soon as they cancel, mm -hmm. just in case maybe they didn't want to cancel or, you know, uh, we just explain again the, all the benefit of the product about what they are missing out so that they can reactivate. And then uh, if I'm not wrong, one is after 15 days or after 30 days, then 45 and then 16. Gotcha. Is there any one email uh, that shows the best performance out of those four or is it pretty across the board? Um, I don't remember, to be honest. I think the, the one that are sent on day zero or even on day third, because I don't remember if I sent one on day zero and one on, on the uh, three days after, like in the shorter period of time are the one that perform the best. That's what I wanted to say. Instead right. of after 30 or 60 days. After 30 or 60 days, you can also do like a campaign, you know, maybe once every quarter, you just, you know, create a segment of people that cancel and do a campaign specific for them. Right, absolutely. So we do have a question from uh, Nick. I'll go ahead and ask him to unmute. Hi, uh, so I, this has been great. And um, uh, there's been like a lot of really cool discussion about a bunch of different techniques um, that you can use and a bunch of different kind of directions you can go. Um, and one thing that always uh, interests me, you know, when I'm looking at a situation like this where we have a, a bunch of different strategies is if you're a smaller business um, kind of getting started, it can kind of feel overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, and you might have limited resources, you might have limited staff. Um, so for somebody in that position, where would you kind of recommend looking first or like what would you recommend testing or, or trying or focusing on first? Yeah, so in that case, always subscription opt-in. So always around acquisition because then, I mean, ideally, yes, you can start also on the retention side. And I mean, you know, reducing the churn and those kind of stuff. But at the beginning, especially if you want to grow, it's all about acquisition, a lot of acquisition. So I would say 80-20, you know, maybe invest 80% of your time on the acquisition side and at the same time start to maybe adjust those uh, retention touch point in the, back, in the back end. Because overall, if you are a small businesses, you probably have, I don't know, maybe uh, let's say that you have 100 customers this month and only 20 of them have a subscription active. 
you can spend a lot of time to optimize the uh, retention part, but then at the end of the day, you will have, have always maybe, I don't know, instead of 20 customer active, you're going to have a little bit more or you know something like that. Instead of basically having two customers that churn, maybe you will have only one, but is it going to make any difference right now? Not really. So it really comes down to acquisition, especially at the beginning, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about uh, downgrading and upgrading, um, but uh, for that metric, um, is that something that uh, when they are still a subscriber, are you um, allowing them that option? Are you kind of presenting that option to them um, for if they're actively subscribing or is that something that um, you encourage or maybe you just want them to stay on the plan that they're on? So uh, we are currently actually not optimizing for that met metric specifically. It's pretty tricky, in my opinion, to kind of optimize or at least uh, um, tackle that metrics right now. Uh, but overall, yes, it's basically, you know, when a customer maybe add more quantity to his subscription box or, or he downgrade and basically add less quantity or remove some products, right? So basically the average order value of the customer decrease or increase. Right now, we are not really doing anything specific to tackle that part, what I would say is sometimes maybe you can give the option instead of maybe, uh, you know, removing a product from uh, the upcoming box, you could play with a swap. So you can maybe ask the customer, does he want to swap with another product? So those kind of, uh, let's say, little tricks, uh, which are not tricks because it kind of makes sense, right? Maybe the customer didn't just want to cancel the product and then add a new product. I'm just making his life easier. That's always the goal with the swap option. So that's how we try to kind of indirectly tackle that metrics, but it's not something we heavily look at. Look at. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the idea of uh, making their life easier. Uh, that's a great point. Um, so zooming out a little bit. Uh, so this has all been great advice for people who, you know, have replenishment products that are easily identifiable. Um, but are, is there an alternative, uh, to some brands that don't have a replenishment product? Yes. So, uh, if you are within the replenishment business is great. You're very lucky. Otherwise, I think what you can play with is some sort of membership in my opinion. Like I, I'm trying to remember which one was the brand that was selling clothing that had a membership, I think was uh, uh, freshly picked maybe. And they have a very interesting concept of membership. Basically you pay $20 per month and in exchange you get points. So you basically are just making, you know, those $20 in points that you can spend always on the stores. So it's some sort of membership, but mixed between a loyalty in that way, the customers stick with the brand and you are sure that every month or every three months, they're gonna come back and make a purchase. So that's the best way that I found so far to kind of integrate a subscription with a, a non-replenishment product. Otherwise, in my opinion, there is also the Amazon type of thing, right? Where you offer, like they do Amazon Prime, they offer those specific benefits if you remain subscribers and uh, um, which could be you know, faster shipment, access to priority support, if maybe your product is a type of product that requires support and those kind of things that uh, would allow the customer to subscribe for. 
Absolutely. Um, and something else, uh, uh, you know, to add to your point um, is uh, possibly thinking about um, cross-selling uh, with some products that, that can be replenishments. Um, and, and I am uh, uh, all uh, transparency. I am looking at the notes that uh, Nick shared with us, and, and that was one note that he included. So take it a bit from, from his page there. But yeah, do you have, uh, if you want to expand on that point um, at all? Yeah, yeah, no, a good point because I forgot about that one. Yes. So if you are selling like a product and thinking about what could be, but yeah, like a toothbrush, right? And uh, then in that case, you can add a toothpaste, right? So based on the product you are selling, maybe you start off as a toothbrush company selling only toothbrush. I know that right now there are all of those toothbrushes that are replenishable as well, because after a while you need to, you know, change your toothbrush as well. Uh, but let's suppose that you wouldn't change for a year your toothbrush. In that case, you'd add, you know, the toothpaste. So something that the customer need every month. Then I remember I met once some guys from Norway. They are launching this, uh, or they already launched this, uh, not infusion, but, you know, like aromic, something that makes a good, uh, how do you say, good smell, you know, in your mm -hmm. house. You know what I right. mean? Like, uh, where you add the oils and basically they, they burn those oils in order to make a nice uh, aromatic smell around your house, right? So basically they sell this ceramic type of thing for like, I think it's $100, but that's a one-time product, right? You only buy that once, or maybe you buy two because you want to put that into, into rooms. But what they sell as replenishment are the oils, the oils that get into this, you know, this ceramic thing, that's the, the replenishment product in subscription. Absolutely. And do you think in, in a situation like that, where there's uh, kind of the bigger purchase um, along with the smaller purchase that can be replenishments, um, that there's any opportunity for uh, leveraging a benefit of a subscription being, um, hey, since you just bought this $100 thing, if you sign up for a subscription for these oils, um, you'll get 15% off of, you know, like your first three months or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Especially if the what you are offering have, have the margin to do that you know mm -hmm. or like if they are very small like for example those oils are very very small so it's something that you know even uh, um you know giving away for like 50 percent off most likely you're not gonna eat your margins that much right so that's always something to take into consideration and uh, in addition to that like if you have uh, what I wanted to say is that uh, if your product really match with your one-time product nicely, then you are almost sure that customer are going to purchase over and over again, or they are going to stick with a subscription. A nice example that I had in my mind was about the Nespresso, Nespresso machine, right? Are mm -hmm. you familiar with? Yeah. So after they, their patent, of course, expired, a bunch of copy of, you know, the Nespresso coffee came out. So now it's getting more difficult, but Initially, what they did was they just, you know, made this machine and I think they were given away for free or almost like, you know, for $20 or $50, but the coffee that get into the machine need to be an espresso coffee. So you need to kind of subscribe. And I don't know if back then there was a subscription for coffee, but you basically need to purchase those Nespresso uh, thing every month from them. And that's exactly like, you know, the type of business, which I think is very interesting because you are offering that, uh, you know, your first one-time product almost for free or with a, you know, discounted price, but because the replenishment one, the customer have always to buy them from you, then that's where you're going to make most of the money from. Right. Absolutely. Um, let's switch over. Uh, we got about five minutes left. So if anyone has 
questions that they wanted to drop in in the last minute, this this will be the time to do it. Um, but in the last few minutes we have here, let's switch over um, to another metric that a lot of people are focused on, which is retention. Um, so uh, what is your experience with retention? Um, what's your team's experience? Yeah, so um, we, I think uh, six months ago, put together like, uh, you know, retention type of task force. And we have really amazing people in the team. We have uh, people fully in charge you know, on, on the retention side, like a, a life cycle, you know, customer manager, marketing manager that is in charge of the whole life cycle, basically of the customer from a touch point standpoint. So from email, SMS, what they're doing on the customer portal. And then together with the head of customer support, they, in our opinion, create a really great team because the customer support the head of customer support can say from a customer voice what customers are telling her something like you know we can't redeem the points in the portal or it's so, it's so too hard to kind of cancel my subscription and then the life cycle manager in that case kind of put everything together from a strategic and execution standpoint in order to make those you know changes to happen or and improve those kind of metrics. Then together in this team, we also have a um, data analyst that is able, of course, to then report back to the team with the metrics every month in order to track, you know, if we are on track or not for specific metrics. But a team structure like that, in my opinion, create a really nice, you know, uh, ecosystem or synergy between people that you can really tackle all uh, uh, side of the business when it comes to retention because from a retention standpoint, it becomes really, really important to get customers' feedback, right? So the customer support need to be involved to know, okay, what are customer, you know, what are they asking when they log in to your customer portal? Can they find everything they want? Can they find the skip button and all of those changes? And so talking with the head of customer support really facilitate this process and allow us to implement quickly specific tactics and strategies to optimize core metrics. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any um, processes that you follow uh, for retrieving customer feedback other than just listening to what's coming in through support uh, through um, people emailing in and telling you their experience with it? Uh, do you ever send out any sort of, uh, you know, questionnaires or anything along those lines? Yeah, for sure. We have a post-purchase questionnaire or also, you know, before they receive their or I think the day after or the same day that they receive their order in order to understand how was their experience. And also, okay, the, the live chat, that's a basic one. But yes, post-purchase uh, questionnaire uh, polls is something that we often do in order to gain as much as feedback as possible. Great, yeah, love that. Um, so yeah, with about two minutes left, um, my uh, last question as, as we start to close this out, as, um, as we head into Q4 in the holiday season, uh, do you have any tips that you would give to subscription e-commerce sellers or any specific metrics to keep an eye on uh, during this time of year? Yes, so um, it really depends, I think, from the industry that you are in, because sometimes, you know, maybe maybe Christmas, maybe is not the best, you know, time of the year, for example, for food and beverage subscription, but it's more maybe generally because people, you know, start the new year, new me uh, type of thing. But uh, other than that, uh, in my opinion, for the uh, holiday season, you should really maximize AOV more than actually subscription specifically. So uh, it's good to optimize for subscription, but really depends uh, from the moment that you are that your company is at. In, uh, for example, for Black Friday, I rather you know maximize 
AOV on day zero, then get a bunch of subscribers that maybe they cancel straight away after the holiday because we gave a super high discount. So in that case, I would recommend to optimize, you know, always for one time order and specifically a um, average order value. And then uh, maybe with the new year, start, you know, working toward the subscription offer. Uh, but other than that, uh, I think you can always anyway test your subscription offer via landing page. So you can make a dedicated landing page where you can, you know, frame out your subscription offer and then see which one is the hook that actually your customer are more interested about. Is it, I don't know, the discount or is it, I don't know, access to uh, early product or, you know, access to customer faster customer line, something like that. I think uh, playing, you know, small on an MVP side when you are testing concept, it's really important. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, that was great. Um, thank you so much for that. Uh, if anyone has um, any last questions, feel free to throw them in the chat. Um, but for right now, uh, I'm going to drop that link one more time um, to the live series website. Um, so if you want to refer back to this recording um, when it goes up sometime tomorrow, uh, just keep an eye on that website or sign up for the newsletter and you'll get an email when that goes live as well. Um, so thank you so much, Nick. I really appreciate it. Um, if you have any closing comments that you'd like to give, then go for it. Uh, no, thank you a lot for having me and uh, nothing. I think good luck with your subscription business and always uh, try to optimize. All righty. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.